There's a spotlight on small businesses. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, when that PPP yeah. things happen, you know, a lot of people were fraudulent. We know that. A lot of people, but there were some people that were totally legit, legit, right? Welcome to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. I'm your host, Lamar Tyler. And if you are an entrepreneur looking for ways to grow your business and grow your wealth, you're in the right spot. And today, we're having an important conversation because if you're thinking about business growth, what it's going to take a lot of you to get there are more people, more team, right? More leaders. And I got one of my favorite people to talk about this today, Delmar Johnson. Delmar is the CEO and founder of HR Brain for Hire. And the very, very, very first HR consultant we ever hired yes. in the business. What's yes. up, Delmar? What's up, Lamar? I'm uh, happy to be here. Hey, I'm happy to have you here, too. <laughs> now, um, it's so much to talk about as we talk about um, building teams, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, uh, when people talk about building teams, from the entrepreneur standpoint, they're not instantly thinking about HR. Right. But you shouldn't be thinking about building teams about HR. Yes. So I want to make sure we get into that. But first, before we do, like, how did you even get to the point where we have you now in the seat where, you know, you spoke at TSP sure. a bunch of times around mm -hmm. it. You've um, run your business now for how many years? 12 years. I just celebrated 12, 12 years. 12 years. Congratulations, yeah. right? You. Almost a teenager. Yeah, almost when a teenager. <laughs> when you were being a teenager. But how did you get into growing this business over the last 12 years? Oh, that's a good question. I tell you, it came out of the fact that when my life fell apart 12 years ago, I had to figure out how to survive, right? You get into mm. survival mode when life starts lifing. Uh, so when my life fell apart, I had to figure out, okay, I don't know what just happened, but I need to figure out how I'm going to, you know, take care of myself, you know, get back into get back into work and the things of that nature. And jobs were not necessarily coming so frequently back then. So mm -hmm. I had to figure out something else. And I actually had the conversation with myself. It's like, what is in my hand that I can do that can, you know, bring in income for me? And I'm actually helping somebody else. So I had to put on my HR my HR hat first. Mm. And I was on a contract, contract job in Memphis when I had to move back to Memphis at that time. And a gentleman was walking out the door that I had hired as mm. a, a contractor for them. And he came in as a supervisor. So I was just speaking to him as we was passing, right? Leaving. And he mentioned to me, he said, why don't you do this for other businesses who don't know what they're doing? I don't know why he said that to me. I had just hired him. He said, thank you for hiring me. That was great how you, you know, brought me in on the company. And, but it just something triggered in me. Mm -hmm. It just triggered. I'm like, oh, that was interesting. Literally, Lamar, by the time I got to the house, back to the house, I had HR brain for hire. I don't know how that happened. Mm. But I had it like within that 24 hour period of going home. It's like, OK, I don't know what I'm going to do with this name, but I'm going to register it, you know, yep. <laughs> register the domain. And then I figure it out later. And in 2011, in February 2011, I actually got my first client who I was strategically hunting on Facebook. <laughs> wow. Well, what does that mean? In case somebody needs to strategically hunt out in the audience. I was strategically stalking. That's the word we were using at that <laughs> <Okay>. time. <laughs> strategically stalking a young lady that fascinated me. And at that time, Tori Johnson was doing Spark and Hustle. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to come to the first one, but I was I knew who Tori was because of career uh career fairs that she had done. So I was connected that way. And this young lady was on there and she had got a spotlight on her website. I'm like, oh, okay. So I checked her out, see what she was doing. And I started following her and just commenting on her 
things that was real interesting to me. And I eventually reached out to her and she became not only my first client, but she became like a younger mentor because she's younger than me. Mm. A younger mentor and friend that just kind of gave me a chance to figure out how I could bring my corporate HR experience into the entrepreneur world and not scare a whole lot of people. You know, mm -hmm. that corporate speak. So I had to learn how to speak entrepreneur, you know, but have that corporate brain about what it, why it's so important to have HR at every phase of your business. Even I had to learn that. It's like, you know, I was just trying to like tell people, okay, this is what you need. You need a team, you need this, you need that. But she gave me my first opportunity at a conference series that she was doing to speak about HR for entrepreneurs. I was the first person that I know of at that time who was doing that. So I didn't have, you know, like a roadmap or blueprint yes. or anything to follow. And I had nobody to ask about it either. I'm like, well, I'll figure it out along the way. And she gave me that first shot at uh, at a conference talking about HR for entrepreneurs. And I was wondering why nobody else was doing it. Mm. Now, you just talked about the fact that at every phase of entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. we should be thinking about, you know, teams and, mm -hmm. and leadership HR, stuff like that. I want to go a little bit deeper in that. So you mean sure. to tell me, even when we first start, when we like a baby business, mm -hmm. we should be thinking about this. Yes, yes. So, you know, we got a chance to talk about that at TSP Game Plan, the three uh, phases, as I call it, of or the three stages. And it's really start, grow, and expand, right? If you just want to keep it simple like that. But even in the startup phase, you know, when you do your business plan, right? Mm -hmm. You do your business plan, you have your financial part, you have your marketing part, you know, you have who your customer is going to be, how you're going to do customer service. But a lot of times people leave out the HR part, the people part, because they're the ones that are going to help you grow your business, right? So it's like, why don't you think about who you want on your team? Even if you have no money to hire yet, you don't know how yes, you're going to hire, you don't know who's going to be on your team, but, you know, let your imagination run wild with you. It's like, who would I want on my team? Say a year from now, you just started a year from now. Who does that look like? Oh, you know, what will that look like? What does that team look like? You being at the head, of course, of that organization to chart, right? Yep. But then the other parts is you, 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 and you. Okay, so what can you do in the next 12 months to make it you and maybe a couple of other people? But you won't know what that is until you plan it until you actually visual, visualize what your org chart could look like a year from now, if you're just starting like today. You know, if you're just starting today, okay, look 12 months out, you want maybe a VA and a salesperson. Okay, well, how are you gonna get those, how are you gonna Position, set up for yeah. those positions? You know, write a job description, write a job profile, write an avatar and put it down on paper and see what it looks like that way, and then begin to pursue those steps that'll take you toward that. So really, HR plays a part in every phase of your business, even when you don't have a budget. It's like, that's when it's on paper. When yeah. you don't have a budget, it's on paper. Yeah. When you begin to have a budget and you get to the growth phase, then it's like, oh, okay, I, I got a budget to hire a few more people, all right. But I'm glad I, I prepared in startup phase because I know what I need in growth phase. You already know where to go. You're not you, trying to, once, exactly. once you're in, you need it. You're not trying to figure out Exactly. Who, like, no one question I get all the time is like, who should I hire next? I'm exactly. like, I don't know. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about your business. I don't know about your strengths. Exactly. I don't know about where the gaps are. Exactly. Exactly. So as you grow in from start to grow to expand, obviously it expands. You're, you know, a lot more seasoned. You've probably been in business five to eight years or maybe longer. So you've been through those hurdles that the startup and the growth phase have gone through. But the expand phase, you just may have a different kind of hurdle. You know, you have maybe more employment laws that apply to your business yes. because of the size of it. You may have more things that you need to necessarily uh, lock in so it won't won't trigger an audit. <laughs> you know, so the Department of Labor people won't be looking out for your small business because right now there's a spotlight on small businesses. Mm. It's like, OK, when that PPP yeah. things happen, you know, a lot of people were fraudulent. We know that. 
a lot of people, but there were some people that were totally legit, legit, right? Um, they're going there, but the spotlight is on all the small businesses. It's like, okay, you did it right. You didn't do it right. So we need you to pay that money back. And, you know, what play, what things did you have in place that even qualified for you to even apply for the PPP? Right. So, um, you know, I know they was in Atlanta area here for like seven months. I don't know if they still here or not. But they was cracking down on small businesses like that. So the more you have those kind of things in place and understand what you need for your team, what you need for a budget to recruit and all those kind of things, the better you're going to be. But you have to start at the beginning and not in the middle or the end. Oh, I love that. Setting it up. You know, as you were saying that, it reminded me of me and Ronnie. We went to uh, we were in a mastermind with Infusionsoft company. Mm -hmm. And in that mastermind was the first time somebody had to actually map out our org chart. Oh, yeah. You know, they gave us some little small, little stickies yeah. and say, you know, put for every every position, every role, right? Even mm -hmm. if you're doing it, put mm -hmm. it out and lay it out. And for one, that was the first time we had saw as a small business, um, kind of like mom and pop shop, how many jobs we were actually doing. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times you start out, you just doing all the things. Right, but course. you really not realize, like, hey, all the things, like, literally, like, 14, 15 different positions, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when you, but like you said, like, visually seeing it, mm -hmm. It's like a wake up to like, whoa, this is like a lot of stuff that I'm carrying all on my own. Mm -hmm. But then, like you said, it probably was not soon after that. that once we saw it, and we visualized it, then we can start to create a strategy mm -hmm. of, hey, you know what? Well, these ones we got to get out of quick because mm -hmm. either they're not moving, we're the bottleneck for it, or we're not good at it, like whatever it may be. And we were able to start creating that plan from there. Exactly, because our org charts evolve, right? Mm -hmm. It evolved at a start. So. As a startup, you don't have at a startup what somebody like you're running have that's been in business for 10 plus years. Our org charts look completely different. Correct. So an org chart has to be developed the, the whole time. So it actually gives you a visual of the people that you desire that you want in your business. And then the ones that you probably need to start with now, which is usually just one or two people. It's not a lot of people that you're going to yeah. need at start because you're still trying to figure it out. Then when you get to grow, you may have a couple of more people. It's like, okay, now, you know, you've been in business three to five years. You feel good about some things. You want to lock, lock some things in. And then you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to just stay on contractors either. I, we may get to that. Mm. You don't want to get to it. We you just do it now. It look like it look like you cooking up something. Like you guys, you got some thoughts in your mind. Exactly. So you don't want to just stay <laughs> on contractors, and you're in business. I don't know. Let's say five plus years, because you know you have to get to that point. But say six plus years, you ought to have some employees in your business by, by the time before you get to ten years. You ought to have some employees before in your business before probably between sixth and seventh year is probably good because you got that five year base under you. Yeah. You've worked out some kinks. You've worked out. It's like, oh no, that's not the kind of people that you know we want in our yeah. employee, or that's not the kind of position that will actually move us further along. So by the time you get to the like the six to ten year mark. Uh, you really got your stride in. You should have some employees. Everybody doesn't have to be an employee even at that point because right. there's certain things that will probably not ever be an employee like a graphic designer. Graphic designers, you know, they Hold have... up, I got a graphic designer. He might watch this. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna be like, hold up. <laughs> he literally right behind up. Can he well, down there? Well, he you know what? <laughs> Listen, if a graphic designer, though, is being paid well, stick where you are. Okay, there okay. we go. There we go. Let there me we clean go. that up. Let's Let clean me that clean thing that up. up. <laughs> stick where you are. But a lot of times when people are in that growth phase, you know, in that growing phase, figuring out phase between one to five years, you know, they have contractors. Yeah. We all know yep, that. Yep. They have contractors. But by the time you get to six to ten years, you really ought to have some, you ought to have a mixture. 
some can be yeah. contractors, you know, and just some are going to stay contractors too. But those key key elements and key people that you need in your business need to become employees. And, and that's good because just yeah. recently I had a conversation with a growing business, mm -hmm. and that's what I was saying. I, I, and they were like pretty much all contractors. Mm -hmm. And I was saying at a certain point, you got to get people that are on board with the mission full time. Yes. And not like, hey, I'm on board with your mission, you know, 10% of the time, mm -hmm. and then I'm on board with nine other people mission, like 10% yeah. of the time, too. And they come back to you like, all right, what are we doing again? Yeah. But it's like got to be what they live and breathe and yes. what they are, are not just doing but passionate about, right? Trying to get people that's passionate about that mission. And everybody saying, hey, this is the thing. We want to all go conquer it and do it together. Definitely, and, because it's hard with 1099s and contractors. That's very hard with 1099s because if you have a visionary, like you're running our visionaries, it's like, and your team probably knows where what you're going to be doing for the next 12 months, for the next two to three years, mm -hmm. right? Because you you know you're uh, projecting out what it is uh, that you want uh, TSP to look like, right? So it's important that you have those kind of people that are going to be dedicated at least for a length of time. Nobody is Correct. staying in businesses. 10, 20 years as an employee mm -hmm. anymore, okay? <laughs> Especially now if you're on the, like, the corporate side, there's a lot of, there can be a lot of turnover, but someone who's dedicated for a length of time that can actually be valuable to your team, you want to have them on there as W-2s. And then when it's time for them to transition, they have that solid foundation. It's like, hey, cool. I worked with TSP and Lamar and Ronnie for three years or five years. I feel good you know, about what I did there, but it's now for me to take my career, you know, to mm -hmm. another level or to another industry or whatever it is. So they've been groomed as better employees under your employee. Mm -hmm. But you can't do that with contractors because they're going to slice up their time. Like you said, 10% over here and 10% over here and 20% to this person or whatever. But you have to get to a point where you have employees on your staff that grow with you and then it's also being poured in for them to be developed as employees too. And, and that part, because yes. that was my other part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And some people may not know this, right? I first learned this from you. Mm -hmm. But what I tell people is that legally I cannot pour into contractors the way I can pour into my team. Like legally there are things that like for my team, and, and I, was, I was having a conversation with someone recently that was a contractor that was um, considering taking like W-2 employment mm -hmm. with us. And that's my conversation with him. I said, you know, you're great, dynamic, love for you work and everything you do. But I said, legally, it's just some things I can't do for you right. that on this side of the fence, I could. Right. In ways I will pour into you and work to develop you exactly. that on that side, I cannot, right? Exactly. You come up, you you do the job. It's an ex it's a tra very transactional, mm -hmm. right? Right. You know, you do this thing that we signed you to do. Yes. I pay you this amount. And then you ride to the sunset and do whatever. Yes. But I literally cannot pour into you and develop you and work to make you better exactly. and help you feed your dreams and all this other exactly. stuff that I want to do with my, my W-2 full-time employees. Exactly. And and that's when you really cross the line. A lot of people are using their contractors. I will name no names. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people are using, con and I've seen over the years, right, over the 12 years, right, I've seen people use contractors as employees, you know, wanting them to show up at a certain time or wanting them, you know, to do s certain things in the business that really a contractor shouldn't necessarily be doing for you, right. not for any length of time, you know, not for any length of time. But I've seen that where they'll get mad because the person did whatever and then want to write them up. Why are you writing up a contractor? Correct. That's a W-2. And we can get, you know, into that later. But Because con contractors, you're hiring or firing them. And you're either, hi you're either hiring or, or disengaging. Terminating, terminating the contract, Thank I guess, you. something like that. There you go. Know. There you go. You've been around me long enough. <laughs> so terminating the contract, you know, ending that agreement, 
and moving on, you know, and moving on. But with an employee, obviously, there's more steps to that, right? Mm -hmm. And there's more, you know, laws and employment laws and things that that uh, govern that and how you treat your employees and really how the employees treat their employer as well. And, and a lot of times with employees, even if they're not doing the thing, you're working and exhausting all options because you've invested so much too, right? right? They've right. invested their time. A lot of times they've left somewhere where they were at to come be with you. Mm -hmm. You've invested time and, you know, effort into them. Mm -hmm. So even when the job may not be doing done up to standard, you're trying to put, you got processes in place mm -hmm. to try to develop them and try to help them yes. reach that goal. Yes. Whereas like a lot of time with a contract, it's like, hey, I paid you, I paid you to already know how to do these things. If yes. you can't do it, then I need to find somebody else. Exactly. They, they, a contractor is deemed to already know a certain level. Now, they may not know these specifics about your business. How you do it. Yeah, correct. How you do it. So you have to kind of educate them on this. Like, you know, we prefer it done this way. Okay, fine. I will do. I will do it the way that you know is aligned with how you do things. But with an employee, you can pour more into it. It's like take them through training. You know, send them to training. You know, or whatever to be a better employee for traffic sales and profit. Mm -hmm. But a contractor, you're you're limited. You're going to be limited because the line is so thin between contractors and W two. That's where a lot of people get get tripped up. Yeah, and, and, that, and a very state by state, right? Uh. I mean, because some states, yes. like California, mm -hmm. I'm hearing, are... Ooh. <laughs> They're like, that person's employed. Like, <laughs> yeah, California... You... They had on one of your team T-shirts, employed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I heard... I'm be, you know, I'm be very transparent here. I don't typically deal with California customers yeah. or clients because I don't want that smoke. Mm -hmm. I don't want that smoke from California or New York. Yeah. Or New York, but California, and when that's we, a when different we recruit, beast. Yeah, we recruit. I say we recruit people in California. <laughs> I love them. It's a different I love them. beast. And, you know, wait. rightfully so. You know, California is California, but that's one of those states I typically will maybe hand off to an HR colleague that I'm attached to out in California. It's mm -hmm. like, listen, go call her, go call him. They already know the laws. Exactly. They've been working in California. Those the one. Me, I'm going to stay this way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay over here in, you know, southeast area and do my thing. But, um, yeah, it can be very interesting uh, dealing with California. Now, real quick before we move on, I want to give, because uh, somebody, I'm sure, is always why. Whenever you have this conversation, people are like, what? I can't mm -hmm. keep them right? And I, I love mm -hmm. it because one of the first things we hired you to do was to help us transition from all 1099s yep. to W-2 and putting that in place and putting instructions, yes. employee handbooks and the processes and yes. all that stuff to move our people over. Yes. What are some um, some basic, like, red flags or things that, like, hey, this difference between a, uh, a contract, this difference between an employee mm -hmm. uh, that you see? Ooh, good question. Let me see how I can kind of narrow that down. Uh, contractors are usually independent, right? We hear the word independent contractors. So they usually have their, like, own EIN, you know, their business EIN. They're setting themselves up as a business entity, from, you know, from paperwork standpoint. Correct. Setting up from an... Uh, so a lot of times you're paying their business, not them. Right. Yeah, exactly. you're paying paying the business. So if somebody's paying me, like I'm set up, you know, with my own EIN, somebody's going to pay HR Brain for hire. They're not going to be paying Delmar Johnson. Correct. Okay? So as, a, as an independent contractor, it's like there's certain parameters that you have to stay within. It's like, first of all, you have to treat them as a business entity. Understand they have their own EIN, and you are not their only person that they're supporting mm -hmm. in whatever it is, service that they're providing or product, okay? But really services, since we're talking about it from that standpoint. Um, so there's certain laws that surround that, and there are several things that Department of Labor will look at as far as contracts. You know, there's certain... 
contractors are usually set up with very few documents. Have like a W-9, you may have an NDA, and then you have a service agreement, right, of the scope of work. Those are usually the three major documents. There may be some for different states, yeah. but that's the, that's the three major documents. But on the employment side, you have entire laws running how you should dictate and treat Correct. W-2 employees. You have all kind of paperwork. You have, all again, all kind of employment laws that dictate to you how you should be operating as an employer. Mm-hmm. You know, and not just someone that you're hiring, maybe a graphic designer that you hire for for a contracting position because they're, you know, doing graphics for you for a certain Correct. project. You know, so there is a there is a scope of work on the service agreement for a contractor that has a beginning and an end date. Mm-hmm. I'm starting March 1st. You did a 90 day, you're doing a 90 day service agreement with me and it's ending 90 days from now. Within W-2 employment, then you have I-9 forms, you know, this is the immigration form, you have uh, direct deposit forms, you have background checks, reference checks, all those kind of things that govern how you set up your W-2, and then that's when, you know, and then employment laws kick in, right? Correct. About how you work them, if they're hourly, you know, employee, they have to be paid overtime, if they salary exempt, you have to reach certain there's certain parameters mm-hmm. a lot of people and I'm, I'm a segue into this before you even ask me another question a lot of people would set up their employees automatically as exempt salary without knowing the rules mm-hmm. around exempt salary sometimes salary requirements and different things right that you got to hit yes to even for that to even be legal for that to even be legal but a lot of people do it to get away from paying overtime mm-hmm. and that's where you get into some major trouble mm-hmm. of not paying overtime for people who should be classified as non-exempt salary instead of in exempt salary. Like, in, like when I was in corporate America, I was always an HR person, right? So my positions were always exempt salary. So I didn't get paid by the hour, so I, I didn't get overtime, right? Mm-hmm. It was just a flat rate that I got every two weeks uh, based on 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. But I may have worked 100 hours, mm-hmm. but we won't get into that. That would get a little bit too deep. Until <laughs> employment laws. But there's some major differences, and usually... Um, the laws are governing both how you treat contractors as well as employees, mm-hmm. but the employees have a lot more weight of how you're going to be treating them. And then when you are slip, get on the slippery slope of treating contractors as employees, that's where misclassification fines come in. Hmm. And, and I would imagine, I mean, I don't, I don't know why you're expert, mm-hmm. but I would, I would imagine why, because what a lot of people don't realize too, is that when you have employees, one of the main things, right, that you'll give to the government is employee taxes. Exactly. So if I'm paying a contractor that, you know, I'm just paying a contractor, and right. contractor is paying, that's an, expense, that's an expense for me, and mm-hmm. they paying their personal taxes. Mm-hmm. But when I have employees, right, as a business, now, yeah, that person paying taxes, mm-hmm. but I'm also paying employment taxes yes. as well. So yes. when you cut the, when you do that part, you're cutting the government out of their money. Yes. As we always know, the government wants their money. The government wants their money. <laughs> that's a very good point. So you paying those taxes in there. So then that's when, you know, say you have to terminate, because some employees have to be terminated eventually, right? Correct. They're able to go file for unemployment. Well, those taxes that you're paying into that, part of that goes into that unemployment bucket. Mm-hmm. And and that money is distributed out of that unemployment bucket that you pay, you know, every pay period when you have employees. Right. So it's a lot, it's a lot of nuances around there, but it can get you in the biggest of trouble when it comes to the Department of Labor and you having to pay misclassification fees. Mm. Mm. It can be very hefty for a smaller business. Yeah. Corporate, of course, you know, they they got a lot more cushion. Yeah. But they and, still get in trouble. They just got a lot more money. And and I think that's what people don't realize. Uh, and that's why I want you on the show, mm-hmm. right? As we're growing these businesses and enterprises, mm-hmm. I think one of the most 
frequently underlooked things is the fact that they need to have an HR person mm -hmm. in the conversation. Yes. Right? And I don't mean you have to have an HR person full time right. Right. in your business, because you until you get like a certain number of people. Exactly, you don't need them. You don't need all that, right? Yeah. But you need to at least have, and, and even I remember in our earlier days, there were times when um, we just had a question. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to make sure we were on the right side of the law, right? Mm -hmm. And, and we would just be able to pick up the phone and just and get that question answered, right? Yep. It's like, hey, we setting up this thing and doing that. Hey, you know, um, situations with, with employment come up. Mm -hmm. And it may be like, hey, we got to send out this email. We need to word it the right way. Yes. To make sure it's no liability and no problems. Or I, I remember distinctly, and I won't <laughs> say what happened, but I remember distinctly, there, there was a, uh, we had an issue one time. It literally had nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with us, nothing to do with the workplace. Mm -hmm. But an employee called. Um, and we were like, oh my goodness, you know, talking to them, whatever like that. But they threw out a term about not being able to come back to work. Mm -hmm. And it was the language they used, right? Mm -hmm. Sound like they got that language from somebody. Mm -hmm. And that changed the whole conversation to, okay, uh, let us call our HR specialist and get back to you. Mm -hmm. It was like, damn off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you crafted a letter. But, exactly. but, but it's even that, like we wouldn't, we never even would have thought that things that have nothing to do with us mm -hmm. happen outside the office yep. with people can come back and redirect to things that they need to do in the office or they should do in the office mm -hmm. or whatever like that mm -hmm. um, because you never know what people's intentions are until things happen. Exactly, because a lot of people are out there Googling. It's like, okay, how can, what do I need to say to my employer, even though, like I said, it had nothing to do with what was going on. They were like, no, this needs to be done. I remember that scenario too, Lamar. <laughs> I really do. I remember that. It had that. nothing to do with us. It, it didn't like, have anything, anything to do, to do with us. you guys. But uh, they'll, they'll Google or they'll get maybe a, an, an HR friend that right. they may know that's been in HR for a while. So we'll do this, do this. But that was not the right scenario for them to come to. You know, we addressed it and everything, but yeah, people people do that all the time, and it's like that's why at least have somebody on speed dial. Yeah, they don't have to be exactly. in your employment yet, especially if you're not really big enough or have the budget to really accommodate someone who has the skill set to help you navigate that employee relations issues. But have somebody have somebody on speed dial. You know, to ask a few questions, even if you're not, even if, especially if you have a relationship uh, with them, like you and Lamar have a, uh, you and Ronnie mm -hmm. have a relationship with me. Ronnie can actually literally pick up the phone and say, Delmar, and I just answer the question, I go on with my day. <laughs> you know, because we've been around each other right, for so long. Correct. You guys have been my clients before. And it's like, we just have that kind of community. It's like, I, I answer questions all the time for people in the mastermind, you know, or just people that I've had relationships with. It's like, it's not about charging somebody every time they ask you a question if you've had a relationship with them. Correct. But if somebody that you know that you kind of want on your team on a regular basis, you want to be able to go to them, it's like, well, just put them on, you know, just put them on a consultation retainer so you can have access to them and keep yeah. it moving. Yeah. And that's Found like a lot of time they did all the work. Right. Uh, one, one of the ways over the years that that HR is coming more helpful for us is just to, like you said to answer questions. Yes. Hey, this mm -hmm. popped up. How mm -hmm. should we address it? This happened. Mm -hmm. What should we say? Th you know, like exactly. those, those pieces throughout. Exactly. Now I, I want to shift gears a little bit to mm -hmm. the folks that have team. Sure. Um, so the people that have team, right? Um, and they got you know W two employees on the team. Um, one thing that's interesting to me, uh, I've got two parts of this. Mm -hmm. One thing that's interesting to me is for for these CEOs now, right, just starting companies and leading mm -hmm. companies, um, or for people they hire, there's problem there's leadership. A lot of times running people that, that need developing the leaders that maybe never been in corporate, mm -hmm. or maybe have never led other people in corporate, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of what, um, I necessarily didn't lead big teams in corporate, right. but I was underneath a lot of leaders. Right. And I was directly 
in my role, a lot of time I was directly under leaders. Mm -hmm. So what I morphed into a lot of time was their management style. And I'm, I'm very uh, observant. Mm -hmm. So I observe like how they run meetings. I observe how they, you know, communicate during mm -hmm. employee evaluations and how direct and non-direct they are. And then I, you know, infuse it with my own stuff. Mm -hmm. But now at times we got a lot of people in the workforce that never have worked corporate anywhere. Right. Right. Or don't have that thing like, hey, I'm used to going to this meeting for right. the last 10 years, right? right. Like every morning right. at 10 a.m. and going <laughs> to this thing like that. Yep. So like, how do they develop that muscle? Ooh, that's a good question. I guess that but, leadership muscle is what we're talking about. Sure, that leadership muscle, and really it's gonna come into play with professional development for yourself mm -hmm. and even identifying for yourself where those weak spots are. Or uh, another part of that is connecting, with, because we all know leaders, right? We, we've Correct, all yeah. been around leaders at certain stages of their, of uh, wh whatever, whatever it is that they're doing. So you may already have a mentor or you may uh, know someone that's been in leadership for a long time and can kind of navigate you through some things offline, right? Offline, but you have to take the initiative to actually invest in yourself as a leader. What are those things that you need to know when you're bringing on employees versus contractors? Hmm. What are those things that you need to know when it comes to working with people? You know, everybody has a different work ethic. Everybody has different personalities, right? That's what make the world go round, right? But it's important for you to take on the initiative for professional development, but then also take the initiative to connect with someone who's been in leadership for a long time that you admire, that you've seen them do some great things. You see them grow their team or their uh, right. uh, company well, you know, no matter how big or small their company is. So you actually have to start the initiative yourself and really connect with mentors or people that you admire that's been in that leadership and reach out and reach out to them. So that's how you like get started. Yeah. And then you grow with what helps you also grow as a leader is the people that's on your team is going to help you grow as a leader too mm -hmm. because things will come up that you may not have thought about, you mm -hmm. know, in that journey. It's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Okay, let me get back to you. I'm going to research that answer so I can give you, you know, the best answer that that fits that scenario. So a lot of times our team teams members will help us grow up that, as that's, leaders. That's good because that's what I've... One of the things I realized is that... Um, experience yes. is key. Because yep. like I said, because once you go in those situations, then you're carrying that with you mm -hmm. to all the further ones. And and if you're doing it the right way, you're also thinking, how can we handle that better? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's like, Ex hey. Experience is the, what is, what is that saying? Experience teaches. Okay, I know that's a The greatest teacher in life or something Yeah, like the that. greatest yeah. teacher in life, yeah. It's the greatest teacher in life. So it's like, so if, if you're becoming a, a first-time employer, okay, um, and you may have not been in that position before, you become a first-time employer, you've been an employee just fine. You've been a manager just fine under somebody else's employee. But when you become the employer, then that's another learning curve mm -hmm. that we get on. That's another learning curve. Some people got two or three people on their team. Other people got 25 people on their team, you know, and it's a gamut. So we have to learn a skill set that we may have not necessarily had to, you know, be the decision maker. You know, we may have been a team lead. We may have been a manager. So there's certain parameters that you are over in those roles. But when you are, Mm -hmm. where the buck stops, then that's another level of leadership that we have to learn over time. So it comes with experience. So you have to give yourself grace when you're starting out. And we're all still learning. When you stop learning, I think you die. So we all are in a learning mode, some just at different stages mm -hmm. of their learning. So you have to get it from different places. So what leaders are readers, right? That's why you always giving yep. us books in our mastermind boxes 
it's like leaders are readers. So as we read and then as we connect with other leaders that may have been doing it longer than us that can give us some advice, then we become better leaders. And then our team would teach us how to be a leader too, because it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, and put that in your, you know, put that in your mind or write it in a book or do it on a digital tablet or, you know, however you keep your notes. But it's always something brewing in your head that you can pull from uh, the more experience that we get. So uh, life is experience. It you is. Know? It life is, is experience. It's day by day. Right? Day by day. It's compounding. Yep. It, it, when, you, when you talk about that, it makes me think about uh, two things. One, a pre-conversation before we start taping, mm -hmm. we had about the burden of leadership. Because yes. that's another part of leadership, too, that yes. oftentimes we never think about. We think about, you know, uh, driving a fancy car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to lead all these people. They all going to love me. <laughs> like, all these, all these things. Yes. Um, which don't really work like that. Yeah, fancy, <laughs> fancy. Yeah, right. Don't work like that. <laughs> but, but for entrepreneurs watching, there's also a burden that comes with leadership a lot of yeah. times, too. And when the burden of leadership, I would love to talk about that from like an HR perspective. Sure. And just some of the things I think off the top of my head. Tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong or if you've seen differently, I would love sure. to know. Or from, and I know I got stuff I'm missing. But um, even, even that part, right? I mentioned like, hey, everybody going to love me. You know, when we first started hiring, my impression was that, hey, because I love people, mm -hmm. right? You know I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my impression was like, hey, you know, this first group of people we got is going to be amazing. Because, like, 20 years later, we're going to have, we're going to be like, this is the first employee, and they're still here. Mm -hmm. It don't work like that, though. No nope. nope. <laughs> it, it doesn't work like that in this day and age that we're living Correct. in. You Correct. know, when our parents came up, our grandparents came up, you know, they, you know, whatever field that they was working in, whether it was factory or office or whatever, the goal was to stay a long time. Mm -hmm. retire after, you know, 30 years, maybe 40 years, you know, get that gold watch and a thank you. Now, that's not how that goes. And, and even more so, even more volatile, mm -hmm. from my point of view, post-pandemic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Post-pandemic, you know, you have the great resignation, and then there's the other couple of great things I can't think of right now. But it's the great resignation, and it's like there was a, a floodgate Mm -hmm. that opened in the fall of, we're in 2023, in the fall of 2021 is when that began to happen or the floodgates opened and everybody was leaving because you know what? A lot of people figured out that they could do something else or they tapped into a different skill set that they had that mm. they did not nourish or cultivate while they was on the job up until 2020, mm -hmm. you know, when when the world seemed like it was falling apart, right? When the pandemic came in, everybody was trying to figure out what's going on, what's going on, so they had to shift. But they found out, it's like, oh, there's some other things that I could do to bring in income or revenue for my family, for my children, mm -hmm. and all these kind of things that I want to do that doesn't necessarily revolve around a straight nine to five. You know, so that, <laughs> that foundation got real shaky, real shaky. And of course, people yeah. are, are back now. We're three years in, yeah. right? We're but, three years in. But, but, but even on our mm -hmm. side, we're still seeing the residue of that. Yeah. And how, mm -hmm. how it shows up different ways, right? We are a, um, we, we, our, culture's, our culture's in office, right? Mm -hmm. and, and because of, you talk about what, experience, right? Yeah. Because, because we've had the experience of going through a process and interviewing people and saying, hey, we're in office. Mm -hmm. And then like two days before they're supposed to start, mm -hmm. they come up with something. And we're like, we told you it was office. I don't remember that from the interview. Mm -hmm. So now like, we tell you about eight different ways through three different people. Mm -hmm. You know you got working as office, yes. right? <laughs> then when they come, when they come for an in-person interview, first question I ask them is, how was the commute? Because mm -hmm. you know you got working as office, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> reiterated. We, we reiterate yep. a million times, but even now what we get is we'll get people that come in, and we've had this happen multiple times, so not even one person, it's people, right? 
we'll get people that'll come in and I can tell their mindset is, well, they saying that, but when they get in, mm -hmm. they gonna love me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna be able to work from home. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, after two weeks, they try to work from home. We like, mm -hmm. well, we said this. Mm -hmm. Like, we literally, we got like a very distinct thing that we do and how we do it, but we're mm -hmm. very clear about what that yeah. thing is and what the process is ahead yeah. of times. So it's almost like a lot of, uh, I don't know the, the, the corporate way to say it. It's a lot of gaming. It's yeah. a lot of gaming yeah. in the in they the process. They were playing games. That's that, it. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't there post pandemic, right? Right. right. Um, where I felt like everything was a lot more clear and a lot more, mm -hmm. you know. And my thing is always like, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. Right. But it was a lot more like honesty and transparency, I yes. guess, in the process than it than it is now. Yeah, the pandemic. These past three years, the pandemic shook up a, a lot of things. It, it first of all it just shook people up as human beings, and then it's like, how is that affecting? How is that going to affect? Uh, the workplace, right? So the workplace got hit very hard, not just because people got hit personally, but the workplace, because people got hit personally, that affected the workplace too. Mm -hmm. It's like, Correct. what just happened? It seemed like the bottom fell out in 2020 and, and 2021. Um, so people have to have a more creative way now mm -hmm. of really hiring, especially the smaller organizations. The corporate they can take care of themselves. They yeah, can take care good. of themselves. But the small business owners, like I says, we have to be more creative. We have to think outside the box. And if you are back uh, in-house, you know, on-site at a location, then what does that need to look like mm -hmm. to make it comfortable, to make it productive, to make it uh, where they want to want to be there and not try to play the games like, you know, Ronnie, Lamar, I, I, you know, I really need to work at home because I went through some of that with y'all. It's like, mm -hmm. you, you can't do that. You know, some of those things cannot be done at home or shouldn't be done at home because of how you guys are set up. But a lot of people are still playing games. That's why an employee have to, that's, why, that's another reason why it's important to have an HR person somewhere in your speed dial. Yeah. Okay. In your speed dial, even if they're not on staff, just like how do you handle this situation so you won't necessarily get yourself in in trouble as an employer, but be able to handle it uh, effectively and you know and communicate it well. It's like no, you know, we communicated with you in the interview. We hired right, you. Yeah. We let you know that it was on site. Now you're saying that you want to be remote, and that was never our language, even in the interview process. You know, and you kept repeating it along. So it's always going to be somebody that's going to play a game. It, there's no way to get around it. <laughs> people be peopling. People be people. I said that earlier today to somebody. People be peopling, and that's just how it people is. Test the boundaries. People will test the boundaries and push it the boundaries out as far as possible. But as long as you understand it as much as possible as an employer and have someone, you know, that you can call to get advice from that you can walk through it without, you know, without being by yourself. You walk it through with someone that's been around for a while that understands. And listen, let me tell you, HR, I'm still, I've been in HR almost 30 years. I'm still learning HR. Okay, because there's so many nuances to it. And then That's when good. employment laws get changed or the Department of Labor saying they want to change something like, uh, for instance, the NDA or the non-compete non mm -hmm. that employers do now, there's a rule on the books now that they want to get rid of that. You know, so these are certain things that you have to stay abreast of yeah. that your client may not know. But, hey, listen, I just want to let you know, Ronnie and Lamar, y'all may not need to redo some of these non-competes, you know, yeah. or whatever it is. And, and you like know? you said, it's always laws moving. I remember yes. um, when uh, President Obama was leaving mm -hmm. office, mm -hmm. uh, we talked about that non-exempt salary piece. Yes. And there was a law on the books from the Democrats that was going to say to be a non-exempt salary, 
you had to make, I think it was like $50,000 a year or something like that. Um, but it didn't go through because it changed off and Republicans got hands, Republicans squashed it. Right. But like something like that, you just need to, you need somebody, like I said, you ain't, you can see, oh, you can't know everything. Right. But you need the professionals on top of things like that. Right. You can easily be out of compliance. They know how to go access it. Even if they don't know the specific language of something, and most people don't know the specific language of a law. We have to go look it up so we can make sure that we interpret it correctly for our clients. Correct. But yeah. they go, but they know where to go. We typically know what resource to go to to find those answers out for our clients. Like, hey, listen, I found this in section, section. Let me interpret this for you. This is what this means. So nobody knows it by heart. I don't care how long you've been in HR. But going back and looking at those things, it's like, okay, this is what, this is what applies to you. This is what doesn't apply to you. And even that non-exempt, it was actually an exempt, uh, a salaried exempt issue yeah, yeah, that was yeah. going on. That actually got changed. The non-exempt didn't. Mm. See, so you had to be aware of that, aware too. Of which one it is, yeah. Which one it is. I got yep. one more thing I want to talk to sure. you about. Um, and, it, and it kind of pulls all these things together because we talked about hiring, we talked about leadership, um, you know, we talked about changing things like this. I want to talk about culture. Ooh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> but I want to talk about culture because one of the things that I've worked to develop over the last 15 years of doing business is that culture piece is tricky, mm -hmm. right? Um, because it boils down to initially creating a vision that other people can believe in. Mm -hmm. But then being able to manifest that physically so they really can get it, right? Because mm -hmm. one thing, like I had a vision, but I used to tell people about it. Every time they sat down at the table mm -hmm. across from me, I would tell them about it, be like, hey, this is what it is. We're going we're gonna to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. And people like, all right. And then I would be frustrated, like, how come they can't mm -hmm. see, right? Like everybody mm -hmm. would, would say, I would love to have been Essence when Essence first started. Or I would have loved to have been, mm -hmm. you know, at Ebony mm -hmm. when Johnny Johnson, like mm -hmm. I would have loved to have been you know, all these things they would love to be, but it's easy to play quarterback after the fact. Right, right. So I was in my mind thinking, like, hey, I'm giving them the opportunity to be a part of something dynamic at the ground level to go up, um, but they never could see the vision of it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until we began to manifest some things physically mm -hmm. that when they boom, then they come inside the building and they like, mm -hmm. oh, it's different, right? They come mm -hmm. inside, like, they start physically seeing things that we have, then mm -hmm. they get more hold of it. But it's been like a continual process. The other, right, we talk about leadership always say, somebody asked me one time, and I'll always say, um, in, internally and externally, the biggest mistake I've made as a developing leader, because I feel like we're always developing. Right. And we still develop. I've been 50 years, I'm still developing, always. right? Yeah. Like you said, always learning. Was not hiring and firing to our values. Ah. And, and a lot of times, right, it get, and I feel like we're getting way better at it. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of times when it was people um, normally, normally we do a good job of getting nice people in. Mm -hmm. It's like people that fit that part of the culture where right. like they're a good fit with right. the team. Now they don't like stand out like, you know, everybody else going this way, like I don't fool with y'all. Everybody hate them personally. Right. So it was keeping people who on a personal level fit, um, but didn't fit other pieces of the core values or, mm -hmm. or didn't have the capacity for the role, right? Right. So we were like trying to do everything but release them to do something they could be great at. And then mm -hmm. we could get somebody that really could fill the role so we could fulfill our mission. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing was um, whenever somebody does leave, internally, I'm trying to examine how can I get better at filtering out what that thing was. Mm -hmm. And not people that leave on good graces, right? right? Like people leave on good graces, like, right. hey, I got people that still come by the office mm -hmm. every couple months and have lunch with us or brunch with us. But people that either we have to, you know, help leave mm -hmm. or people that quit, right? Right. I'm always looking at like, hey, was it something in the interview process that I missed? Mm -hmm. Or some red flag? And a lot of times it was, right? I can look and say, there was this red flag that they were doing this, right? Or mm -hmm. they were 
like uh, uh, pushing back in these areas, but we didn't do it again quick enough to say, hey, you know what? These are the values that we stand by. Mm -hmm. And if you're not part of these values, you know, no matter how great you are, you could be, because exactly. one of the things that we talk about, right? You could be the best person. Oftentimes the top salesperson mm -hmm. is the one that don't want to be part of the culture, right? Because they mm -hmm. figure I'm the top salesperson, I ain't got to do it. Right. I make all the money. Yep. Everybody else, I do what everybody else in here do by myself. So I can do what I want to do, but really that person can be the person really stunting your growth and holding you down. Exactly. Exactly. You know, culture, uh, I'm so glad you said all that. Culture is the foundation of what our businesses are going to be, um, going to scale on, right? Going to mm -hmm. grow on and everything. And if you're not clear about your culture, why would somebody else be? So it's an evolution. See, what you just said was an evolution that you and Ronnie went through to like, okay, let's, Let's tweak this interviewing process. Let's see if we can pull this out so they can identify and things that are going to align with what our culture is, what our core values are. We do more with less. You got that on the wall downstairs, mm -hmm. you know, and that sticks out, right? That, and I've always liked the fact that you guys had literally had your core values written on your walls so you can visually see it too. And then you also convey it in how you talk and how you actually operate in the business inside of TSP. So people see that, see that culture and see the vision that you have, the more you evolve. See, because culture, you can throw it up against the wall, but they don't mean it's going to stick. Mm -hmm. It's like, it has to be cultivated. It has to be talked about over and over again. You have to tweak how you're interviewing. You have to tweak the kind of people that you're going after. Somebody posted on LinkedIn recently, and I think a lot of people get hung up on this too. It's like who they're hiring or how they're hiring. A lot of people looking for all the things to be checked off. Check, 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 right. check, check. It's 100%. But sometimes it's check, check, check. Oh, we got to develop the other three. You know, it may be 70% instead of 100. So you can teach people the job, but you need to look for character. You need to look for that alignment with your core right. values that can grow with you. Now, you're going to always have some frogs, okay? Why are you looking for the princess? But being very aware about what your culture is and, and where you want to place your stake in the ground on always starts with the leader, right? And then it has to it has to go down from the leader to to the team, to the staff, and permeate through the company. And that takes time. We, and, and that part, mm -hmm, you saw mm -hmm. permeate through the company. Mm -hmm. What I've been talking about a lot lately is that culture is not, does not live in this leadership, like you said, right? Right. And I've been talking with the team, like, hey, you know what, as as leaders, we, we you know, we, and when we sat down to actually create our core, we created with the team we had. Mm -hmm. So we didn't even do that alone, right? Mm -hmm. But we did it. But leaders, we're always talking about it. But it needs to be exhibited through the team. Yes. And with the team also, I tell them you're protectors of that culture. Yes. So when you see somebody that's not living up to it, or you see somebody not doing the stuff or taking the shortcuts or not living up to those six pieces we got, mm -hmm. we need you to raise your hand too. Because most of the time, by the time we see it, it's too late. Right. Exactly. Right? And, exactly. and by the time we see it, that that one person oftentimes is trying to be toxic to other people to get them off track. Um, uh, and we had what we had an interview with uh, Marshawn. He talked about sometimes people in alignment, then they get misaligned. Yes. Right. So they trying to when they're not in alignment, they trying to get other people not being in alignment too. Exactly. But then what I've been talking about as well is the culture has to go further down to the clients. Yes. And the clients have yeah. to protect the culture on their level. Exactly. To say, hey, if we have a community like we got TSP, yeah. that ain't how we do things here at TSP. Exactly. exactly. That ain't what we're about, right? And protecting exactly. protecting it from their level so that thing all the way down. And you've done a beautiful job with that too, because I've been around TSP for so long. It's like I'm saying it grow from a hundred, <laughs> you know, a few hundred people to tens of thousands of people now. But Delmar, you was at the first you spoke in the first let game them know. plan. Let them know. Fifty people in the <laughs> listen, y'all, let me look at this camera right here. Put, put me on right here. 
Dale and I spoke the very first game plan. 50 people <laughs> in that room, right? We did 50 people, because the previous game we thought we was going to have 200, we got 47. So this time we said, we shoot, we raise low on the bar, <laughs> shoot for 50. We sold it out, 50 people. She talked about HR. She talked about 1099 versus W-2s. I'll never forget that day. Yes. And, and you know, fast forward to now, right? That was TSP game plan 2017, January mm -hmm. 2017. Mm -hmm. January of 2023, 1,000 people in the room, and Delmar hit that stage again. So you've seen the growth from I 50 have. to 1,000. Exactly. And it's been wonderful. And I've seen that. And you, you mastered permeating your culture down through us who was just in the free, you know, in the free group for a long time before the mastermind came around and all those kind of things. So you've, you and you and Ronnie have done a wonderful job of permeating your culture down through there. And then culture can always take tweaks too along the way. As mm -hmm. you grow, your culture may shift, but the core Correct. of you is going to stay the same. That may be some tweaks that have to go along the way Correct. because as you grow, you know, there's growing pains. <laughs> It's growing pain, so you have to uh, you have to tweak it sometime. But if you have the core of, uh, I think you have six points in your core Correct. values. Yes, core values. You have those uh, as your base, but you may have to tweak something along the way. And as you have demonstrated it all these years, people begin to, and I hate to use the word conform, but people align. That's a better align, word. That's it. Yeah. People align with the culture, and then we're out here defending TSP. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and, and that's why I say, like, you have to really push it all the way down, yes. like, say, with the clients, because the clients should be, it's like a lot of conversations that'll happen about your brand, your company, mm -hmm. that you'll never be privy to. Right. But is there somebody in the room that gets down and say, this is what it's really about? Exactly. Or is somebody talking crazy say, nah, you, you, you got that all wrong? Mm -hmm. and, and, and the beauty of it is, it's not just, like you said, mastermind members talking like that. Right. To have people in the free group. Right. Or people that just attended a challenge, yep. right? Like, put your name in rooms where you may not be in or defend your name in rooms where you may not be in. People begin to take accountability or um, take ownership, not accountability, take ownership of someone's culture who has permeated it down. Mm. And, and, you know, they're not on your payroll or anything. Right. This is like the fact the culture that has been built, it's like, that's not how we do it over here in TSP. Or that's not how we do it over here in HR Brain for Hire. Or that's not how we do it in whatever company that you may have. But that is a process, right? That's not something that you just magically knew 15 Correct. years ago when you started Correct. establishing a, what your values were going to be. Exactly. And it's still a process. And it's still a process. And it evolves. And you guys have done a beautiful job of, like I said, we out here defending TSP. Thank you. Know? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's still a process. I say this is probably one of the, the hardest parts of mm -hmm. leadership. Like mm -hmm. sales and all that stuff is easy. Right. Because culture is one of the hardest things to actually change or to evolve yeah. in a company. But as long as the leaders are clear about what they're going to place their stake in, then the people that are the people that are attracted to what it is that you're offering, we're going to stick. I've been around for yeah. a long time. We're going to stick gotta around. Be, and you got to be okay with letting other people go. you got to be okay with letting that's other people go, which is one okay. of the hardest things. We have an, a, 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 a big conversation to this. <laughs> right. yeah, but that's yeah, one of the yeah, hardest things, but that's also a correct way to do it, too. Yeah. It may be hard, that's but that's a, that's a correct way to let people go and not necessarily burn bridges or not necessarily cause... Um, um, animosity yeah, and things of yeah. that nature. So there's a rhythm to that. So you, you just have to bring me back for part B. Yeah, so. we got you. We got because we need we need to talk about that because um, there's something um, a few months back I was having a conversation with somebody about um, and it may have been Robin is here in the studio. I don't know, mm -hmm. but I was having a conversation with somebody about um, sometimes people have to leave, but it's how you leave. Yes. And it's the bridges yes. you burn, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been so many times, right? Like 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 both ends. 
It's been people that, have, like I said, it's people that left here. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a, we had a long, long, long time employee mm -hmm. that literally just months ago we hired um, for a high ticket contract mm -hmm. to implement and do some things because when they were here, they did an amazing job at it, mm -hmm. and now they got their own business, and we needed some things done. And we said, hey, the fastest way instead of trying to get somebody to do it from scratch, mm -hmm. will be to hire her and have her actually implement and do all the things. Mm -hmm. So we hired to do all the things, great, we done, right? Mm -hmm. But only because both, right? Um, she she exited with grace. Yes. And we treated her with grace on the way out. Exactly. Now, every time every time things don't work like that. Right. Different right. situations, right? Yeah. But, like, in that situation, like, like things did, so it's realized, like, the relationship wasn't over. Right. Like, it just was that phase of our relationship right. was over. exactly. But as long as everything was handled a certain way, just like I said, that phase was over, but not the relationship itself. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes, uh, we were talking about this before we started taping, that ego, yeah. the ego has to be in check for a person who's an entrepreneur or who's an owner and, uh, you know, already has a team, whether contractors and employees or a mix of, mix of that. You have to put your ego in check at all times as, as a small business leader. Because of that very reason, it's like, how are people leaving your employee? Mm -hmm. How are you treating them or how they're treating you? Mm -hmm. You know, you can be effective in letting someone go uh, and it not, you know, not be the best of relationships, but there's a dignified way to mm -hmm. actually go through that process and then just cut ties and then you both move on your way. And then there's times where people have done such a great job. They left with grace. You extended grace. And look, you had to go. You went back and said, hey, mm -hmm. we don't have to start from scratch. You already know what's going on over here. Exactly. Let's put you on a contract real quick. And, and let, you know, we want you to help us with our project. And they'll come back gracefully. It's like, of course. And, and, of and course. I'll add an importance of even when somebody doesn't you taking a higher role mm -hmm. because realizing that if you get in the gutter with them, it, it it still impacts you with everybody else. Yes, it permeates the group. Right, yeah, and, and, and it's everybody else's view of you, mm -hmm. which is hard. And it get, you know, it get old taking the high role yeah. sometimes. Yes, But it's, it's it a does. part of leadership. Exactly. It's, it's, a part, it's leadership. part of leadership, exactly. Yeah. Oh, this has been so good. All right, so um, <laughs> Delma, how can the people get a hold of you? How can they, if 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 they say, okay, I need to, I need Delma, I need HR brain for hire. Most I need definitely. help, like, what should they do? Uh, the easiest way is to hit me up on the website, hrbrainforhire.com. We have a new tech product coming out, Expand HR, that we're launching on March 28th, so stay tuned for that, too. I've been talking about it. Uh, so expand, uh, so uh, hrbrainforhire.com and expandhr.co if you just want to know more about what we're uh, about to do on March 28th. So that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. I'm on um, social media platforms, Delmar Johnson. Okay, Delmar Johnson, and on in, on Instagram, I'm um, HR Brain for Hire. So I'm very easy to find. I love it. I very love easy it. to find. Hey, listen, if you are in these entrepreneurial streets, you need an HR person that you can reach out to, that you can run some stuff past, and most importantly, to make sure that you just have your business set up correctly. Too many entrepreneurs I meet are doing the wrong thing with the wrong types of people, the wrong classifications, just because you don't have expertise, you don't have people in. And, and if you say, hey, I want to build a team, I want to bring people in, there's a process to it. And most likely you don't know and you shouldn't take all your time knowing just get somebody that only does. Hey, my name is Lamar Tyler, creative founder, traffic sales and profit. Thank you for watching another episode of the TSP Show. We'll be back next week with more fire right exactly for you. Peace. The Combo. Your home for conversations on black entrepreneurship and wealth. Available on your favorite platforms.